Hello everyone and welcome on into a brand new episode of Lead Off Talk. Unfortunately, I am not joined by Gabe because this is an instant reaction to Josh Bell signing with the Cleveland Guardians. Josh Bell signed a two-year, $33 million deal with an opt-out after the first year, so basically it could be just a one-year, $16.5 million deal, which is absolutely fine for Cleveland, and it's good for him. He's 30 years old. If he continues to play well, like he has his entire career, um, he could have another giant payday, um, a long, longer-term deal uh, next offseason. And if not, and if he likes Cleveland, $16.5 million, um, for 2024 is pretty damn good too. So, and if you're Cleveland, like 16, like 16 and a half million is not a crazy offer for a free agent. I mean, if they were in on Jose Abreu and they offered him near 20 that he got with Houston, um, paying 16 and a half million for Josh Bell is, is again, pretty, pretty good. Especially when you look at the, the holes on, on this team, catcher and first base against lefties because Josh Naylor just can't hit left-handed pitching right now. Um, doesn't mean he, he can't in the future, but as of right now, having Josh Naylor um, playing first base, DHing against left-handed hitting just wasn't working out. And you don't have to rely on Owen Miller, who has reverse splits, who is not good defensively at first base, even though the analytics say he's good. I, I just, I've watched all his games at first base. He's just terrible. And or Gabriel Arias playing first base, even though they really like him as, you know, a shortstop middle infielder going forward. And you only have Ahmed Rosario for this year. So, you know, they probably want uh, Arias to play more middle infield and playing him at first base for one year. It just doesn't really fit. So bring in the veteran in Josh Bell, somebody who plays every single day. Last year he played in 156 games. Uh, 21 he played in 144. In 2020 he played in 57 out of the 60 games. Uh, 2019 his his All Star year he hit. Uh, was he played in 143 games? 2018 148 and I believe he played in almost every game in, in 2017. So. He's durable. He plays every day. Um, you know what you're going to get from him. He's somebody who, and I think this past year, uh, his average exit velo was pretty low, but he struggled a lot in San Diego. Um, but he did walk. He did walk. Last year in San Diego, after he was traded, um, along with Juan Soto, for the second half of the year. In 53 games, he only hit uh, 192, but but his on-base percentage was 316. He walked 32 times. He only had three home runs, but he did have a nice playoff uh, for the Padres. So, And then with Washington, in the first half of the year, he hit over 300. He had 14 home runs. So it's like, what do you expect from Josh Bell? Honestly, if I could compare him to anybody and somebody who Cleveland fans should be extremely familiar with, somebody like Carlos Santana. He walks, he gets on, like I said, uh, I know I just am a little bit repetitive, but he walks, 
He hits for occasional power. He doesn't have like the 35 home run power that he had in 2019. And we all know like the balls were juiced that year. So it was kind of an outlier for all the power um, that was shown that year. But at most, he could hit maybe 30 home runs, but he probably settles around 22 to 27 home runs. And in 2021, he had 27 home runs. Um, You know, average. He's going to hit for a higher average than Santana ever did because for his career, he's a 262 hitter. Um, I know a lot of people like the uh, runs created plus uh, metric last year. He was 100 and... It was like a 123 runs created plus, and he's projected to have the same uh, for for uh, this year in Cleveland. He's somebody who can hit left-handed pitching, um, especially last year. I think he hit like 270-ish uh, against left-handed pitching. So maybe don't expect the power compared to like right-hander, but again... Santana was the same. The only thing you're not going to get like Santana is the defense. Defensively, he is just not a good defender. He's not particularly fast, um, but he is huge. He's 6'4". So, like, when you look at him, you're going to be like, oh, this guy should hit 40 home runs. That's not him. That's not him at all. He does hit... Now, last year was kind of an outlier with the average exit velo and all of the baseball savant. Uh, analytics because in 2021 and 2020 and 2019 again 2019 a grain of salt in 2018 um, a lot of his exit <clears throat> average exit velos were in the 90th or the top you know 20th percentile or 80th percentile I guess that's how you would frame it um, same thing with like max exit velo he's always been somebody who when he does make a lot of contact or you know, just his max exit velo. It's, it is on the higher tier, the top 10 uh, percentile, or I guess, again, 90th percentile of of uh, of hitters. So, but again, he doesn't walk. He doesn't strike out. He's somebody who, you know, is a reliable veteran bat in the middle of the lineup. Again, can play first base with when Josh, against lefties when Josh Naylor just can't play against left-handed hit, hitting um, he's just such a detriment to this team, and it's unfortunate that Cleveland didn't have anybody else to play first base against left-handed pitching uh, last year because Owen Miller just Owen Miller's not good defensively. He's not good, um, but against left-handed pitching, he's just not good. And he was his splits were better against right-handed pitching anyway, which is why we saw Gabriel Arias play first base um, in the playoffs against the Yankees. So it's just one of those things where it was a hole that, that Cleveland had that we talked about on this podcast, especially after Jose Abreu signed, uh, signed with the Astros. Um, it just made a ton of sense. And the fact that Cleveland is a short-term deal, so it won't break their bank. You know, if it doesn't work out this year, it, it just doesn't work out. Um, at worst, again, it's a two-year deal. And then, you know, say he has a maybe a down year. I, I don't see that happening, though. Going into his age thirty season, um, I you, I would still think that he has this year and like I said next year to to be really really good. And it's only a two year deal, you know. Usually guys like this want longer term deals at thirty years old. But Josh Bell can again hit free agency at thirty two years old. 
after putting up, you know, good numbers with Cleveland, again, this is the pie in the sky for everybody involved. Um, and even if he opts out of, you know, for next year, it still gives Cleveland money to work with uh, for next season, for the 2024 offseason, if he opts out. And, you know, maybe you sign him to a longer-term deal. I don't know. But if you're Cleveland, and if you're a Cleveland fan, you just got to be happy with this. And this is this is where I'll end it, because, again, it's a very instant reaction, very short-term, or short, you know, audio, video. Not, I don't even know what I'm saying. But I'll, I'll leave it with this. Let's just think about their lineup going forward uh, for next year. Quan obviously leading off. And then this is where things get fun. You know, with this deal, I would maybe hit Jose Ramirez second behind Stephen Kwan, then hitting third, Andres Jimenez, Andres Jimenez, Josh Bell hitting fourth, and then you could kind of mix it up. Maybe Oscar Gonzalez hitting fifth, Josh Naylor hitting sixth. If you can go out and you get, uh, you can go out and get somebody like Sean Murphy hitting seventh. Ahmed Rosario hitting 8th, Miles Straw hitting ninth. That's a pretty damn good lineup, in my opinion. Whether it's Sean Murphy at catcher hitting, what, 7th, whether it's maybe Alejandro Kirk. If it's Kirk, maybe you move him up to hitting 2nd, and then you kind of push everybody back down a little bit. You know, it, it gives you a ton of options. And it also gives you protection for the young guys, not just Naylor, but, you know, Oscar, Oscar Gonzalez, you know, going into his first full season, who, I mean, he's going to have a lot of, he's going to have his ups and downs next year. Um, but you know what you're going to get from Josh Bell. And if you're a Cleveland fan, like I said, how can you, how can you, um, you know, be upset with, with, you know, this type of deal? It's a two-year, it's a low-risk, high-reward type deal. And, you know, it still sets you up if you're Cleveland. I believe they had, like, what, $67 million, um, their payroll last year. You add another $16 million, so that's, what, like, 83-ish on to what they're projected for this year. Um, it still sets you up to go get somebody like a Sean Murphy. It still sets you up to maybe sign... You know, a, a back end of the rotation guy. Um, you know, this this doesn't this doesn't mean like this is it for Cleveland. I'd expect them to still go out and get a guy like Sean Murphy or Alejandro Kirk or you know maybe Christian Vasquez. Like, you know, this is just one of a couple moves that I'd expect to see, um, especially during this. Uh, this uh, winter meeting, so. And I think that'll do it for this episode, this incident reaction to Josh Bell signing with the Cleveland Guardians. Um, just a little programming note. We're going to record, this is, okay, so this is Tuesday. Um, the hope is to record an episode on Wednesday night and then have it out on Thursday kind of recapping, you know, the big moves to Grom going to Texas, Verlander going to the Mets, all that stuff. And then if there's any other Cleveland news, you know, I believe a Rule 5 draft is coming up too, so that's kind of another thing that gets factored in. Um, all that stuff. So, 
going forward. Expect an episode either Thursday or Friday. And yeah. So, as always, friends, take it easy.